This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're out here on the block. Glad you're with us here on a Friday. There's about half an hour or so left on the show before we turn it over to DP and Jay on Old School. Keeping the college football train rolling here a little bit, Strick. Uh, CBS Sports put out an article about uh, second-year coaches uh, at their their school, I guess, uh, who are facing what CBS Sports is calling defining campaigns in the 2023 season. Mm Mm-hmm. And I get it's the offseason. I get you need clicks. But before we get into even who the coaches are, very rare is it that a coach, in my mind, should be facing a defining season in year two. That's a big ask. That is still very early on. You can write off year one as a fluke, good or bad. So step two, just to, or year two, has to just be, again, that next step in the right direction. Because for TCU... For them to go to back-to-back national championship games seems really unrealistic, given everything they lost. But if they go eight and four, nine and three, it's hard for me to consider that a disappointment for Sonny Dykes. No, I, I think sometimes the expectations on some of the coaches as well as the programs are just they're 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 kind of crazy. Like um, success to me is bowl games. Uh, I would say top three in your conference, mm. even top five. I mean, if you if you if you're a, a, an up and coming, surging, um, now if you're dropping off from twelve o eleven ones pretty consistently down into the six sixes, now that's just something to kind of be worried about a little bit, unless there's not a bounce back. Mm-hmm. But success it, to me has kind of been. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's kind of been the goalpost has been moved. Oh yeah, with regards to success, I think success, like you said, I mean, I still think success is eight and four. If you're in the top tier of your conference and you have a huge and a, I mean, you have a rough non-con, and yet you still are able to kind of get through your conference schedule and do well, I mean, I think that's success, and so. You know, I throw that back at you then. If, we, if we're looking at this, I mean, I know we're going to get into the quarterback. I mean, to them, then, like, uh, I'm going to share in this in, in, in the uh, conversation that came on the text line where he says, how many losing seasons? Uh, this is Brad on the text line, on the Hunter, uh, on the Sutter Heyman text line. Brad says, how many losing seasons does Rule get? So I say that to say, what then for Rule is success? You had you had Mickey and the crew kind of. I think I think that was success, even though they weren't six and six. I still think it was success because it could have been worse than that, from what you were seeing, some of the losses that they took. So, what is success? That's so tough to gauge That's what because I'm there's it's going to be impossible to 
predict or really say what I think success is, you know, by the end of his contract, right? Because who knows what Nebraska looks like even this year, let alone eight, nine, ten years down the road. So success in year one, to me, is something that we'll more easily be able to point back to, I think, in a few years, because you're in the get it right business, you're in the, the wins and losses matter business. But I think a lot of what needs to be reestablished at Nebraska is in terms of the culture and being fundamentally sound. And those are all things that help raise the floor of a a program. Those are things that should be non-negotiables. They can't be taken for granted. They have to be drilled every day. So if Nebraska improves on the fundamentals, the, the culture, the work ethic, everything that goes into that is better, I think you'll see steps in the right direction. Does it translate to wins and losses? We'll see. I'm not sold on the roster right now. It's got to come together. You have to see development. Mm -hmm. But with the guys that they brought in in this first recruiting class, with the guys they're adding in the next recruiting class, that's where... There's foundational stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Set the foundation. Maybe it translates into wins and losses this year. Maybe it doesn't. But if that foundation is set, when we look back in three, four years, we can say year one is a success because everything that was implemented took and stuck. Mm-hmm. As I look, as I look at some teams, just just off the top of the head, you know, some teams or some some teams that I'm able to put my eyes on a little bit. I think one with the loss of um, Brian Kelly. I think you want to look at them at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to want to look and see what that's going to look like. Again, you can't measure success when you're just kind of taking over and coming in and trying to still figure it all out, right? I still think it takes time, but I think that's one to look at. I think um, we need to see what's going on with Oklahoma because um, very defensive-minded head coach mm-hmm. in Venables, but then trying to make sure you have the right staffing and what the recruiting is going to look like, how you're going to win in the recruiting battles, moving to the SEC, that, what does that still look like? Um, mm-hmm. those, those are some of the things to look at. And then you still got to look up in the, in the Northwest is what is the problem? You know, Houston, we have a problem right now. Houston looking good. Basketball looking good. Yeah. Football kind of competing a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, as they're, they're in position to move to the big 12. So I'm looking up in the Northwest because I, you know, and, and then I'm going to throw this out there. Does the uncertainty of what is, or what may be the pac 12, Add to some of the problems that maybe some of these teams are seeing in your Stanford's and your Oregon's and Washington's, the uncertainties. And, and does it make for uh, those like Utah who have staunch, you know, physical recruiting grounds just kind of in that 500-mile radius around them <clears throat> have now established themselves and are looking to solidify themselves now that there's going to be an exodus of UCLA and USC. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the ones that I'm looking at as well. Who, who's um, under more pressure, Oregon to make the conference championship game or USC to make the playoff? Um, he went there for that reason. So I would say USC. I think he left, he left Oklahoma seeing the writing on the wall, mm-hmm. knowing that I'm going to have trouble recruiting into Texas against Texas going into an SEC. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to probably be on the losing end because I'm on the outskirts of the hotbed for talent outside of my own. I'm still fighting in state against and, and I'm out of state. I'm fighting in a state that I'm out of a state mm-hmm. with a talent pool that's a little bit smaller than than most states. But if I go out here talent I, as far as the I can see is is un is is yeah. It, it's it's is as far as you can see and the style that I probably would play is slightly different that can maybe cause some problems in the Big Ten. We'll see. Mm-hmm. So I think he saw the writing on the wall. Is it fair that that's the expectation for USC? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Playoff or bust year two. I, I don't. I don't think it's a playoff or bust, but I think it's make some noise or bust. You know, make some noise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think. I think they can't have situations like they had last year, trying to come over here. Like, you know, games that they probably should have won or they felt they they should have won, especially like against Utah. They, they can't have that. Those type of lapses and. Mm-hmm. you know think that that's going to be okay like for example like when they come over into the big 10 and they're playing a Rutgers, yeah, you, <laughs> you can't you can't no right you're playing i mean right now i'd even say you're playing nebraska mm-hmm. to them you can't indiana yes northwestern there you go you can't so if they have any lapses in the, in those type of situations, I think that's trouble. Absolutely, it is. And if you if you're not in the playoff by next year, like not this season, but if you're not in the playoff in year three for Lincoln Riley, woof. USC's mm-hmm. leadership has been a little messed up at the athletic director position, and they're going through it again. Yeah, uh, which is something to keep an eye on and monitor, but. Once USC gets a you know competent athletic director leadership type structure in place, that might be what Lincoln Riley needs. Because again, we talked about Jimbo Fisher and you know how he calls plays for the offense. Maybe needs to let it go. This is where I think Lincoln Riley needs to to grow. We can respect riding with the ones that got you there. Alex Grinch is his defensive coordinator. I can respect loyalty, but at some point. You got to do what's best for the team, too, right? You can trust Alex Grinch as much as you want, but clearly his defenses aren't getting it done. <laughs> You're at USC. You have your own professional, you know, aspirations, and it's more than just you. So I get it. He's your buddy. He's your friend. He's been there. But if at some point his defenses aren't working, which they haven't been at the mm-hmm. highest level that you say you want to compete at recently, mm-hmm. you have to be comfortable dominated. being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. right? Get him up out of there. Hire someone else. Yeah. You know, if he's not willing to take that step, if Alex Grinch means that much to him and he still isn't qualified for a playoff, if I'm that AD, it's okay, you're a good coach, but if you're not willing to take that next step, I'm not going to let you have the chance to do it. Yeah, and and 
I think they better do it while Caleb Caleb Williams is there. That's this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this. That's why I think it's even more important because now trying to make sure you have a fill in that that's that's a whole another level of uncertainty mm-hmm. that you don't want to have to do. You better make a run this year. I think it's that important. They should be able to. On the opposite side of the country, Florida. Billy Napier, mm-hmm. not Talk a great year one. Went six and seven. Um, you do have the number three recruiting class in the country for 2024. <laughs> um, but you have the, the Jaden Rashada issue that, that you were yeah. a part of between you and Miami before he ends up at, at Arizona State. Not yeah. a good look at yeah. all for you uh, when you add the six and seven record on top of that. And here's the thing. You're in Florida. There's yeah. plenty of talent there. This is another one where I wonder why Billy Napier did some good things at Louisiana, but not LSU, right? Louisiana had a good run under him. Billy Napier's got to prove that he's built for that SEC life. It's one thing to be built for the Sun Belt. It's a completely different thing to be built for the SEC. And again, year two's early in terms of making a judgment, Mm -hmm. but what we saw from Florida was just generally uninspiring. There's nothing that really anyone could point to to say, yes, that's why they hired him. He's the guy. Yeah. yeah. You got to go out and prove it. Otherwise, you're Jimbo Fisher if all you're doing is winning recruiting but not enough games. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I will just say it like this. There's, I don't think that there's anyone looking at Florida right now and they're saying they're expecting them coming off of six and seven to become contenders next year. No. Their schedule is, is, is tough in that instance. But I think what they're looking for in in Florida is to not have the bad losses not have the losses that are are like you know like you're like huh like example like you can't lose to Kentucky no you know what I mean even though Kentucky's done well Levis and they were solid great Mm -hmm. you can't do that you can't lose Kentucky um, you want to win the rivalry. If you want to, if you want to stay relevant, right now there is. It's crazy how, in some instances, the Florida battles have been won by freaking Central Florida. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you get talent, mm-hmm. but then the talent's so caught up in the. See, that's the thing about some of these California teams, and that's the thing about some of these Florida teams. Um, even Texas. Is yeah, you're able to get them, but then they're so caught up in the nil or the you know the glitz and the glory of it, yeah, you know, as opposed to the the grind and and the winning mindset that that is needed to become great. And then all of a sudden they get there's frustration because then some they have to replace you, and somebody that wants it a little bit more steps in, fills the void, and then you're on you're in the freaking uh, transfer portal because you didn't work your tail off. And I, so I just don't think that no one's expecting them to be there, but I think they're expecting them not to have those bad losses and win the games that they're supposed to to win against competent comp, teams that are of competitive level for them. This is where I think. Sometimes we get the conversation backwards and that our first instinct is to give teams a pass for not being Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama level. But as as true as that can be sometimes, I think it's good to have those teams in your conference because it tells you what the standard is. This is who we have to be. This Mm -hmm. is what we have to shoot for. This is what we have to develop for. The biggest way for Florida to show that things are moving in the right direction is, like you said, take care of business. The games that are on your level, 
find a way to win. The biggest validation point would be go to Jacksonville and beat Georgia. Prove that you can reach that standard. You got to do it once. Mm -hmm. And then the challenge becomes, can you do it time and time again? That was the thing for Georgia. Mm -hmm. All along, Georgia was just continuously just falling short to Alabama. Mm -hmm. They they saw that as the standard, and they went out and recruited with the purpose of beating them. Got, once got they an Alabama did that, guy in Kirby. Yes. Once they did it, you can see there was, ooh, what's going on down there in Georgia? Mm -hmm. Hey. And like the culture, like what they were building. But see, that's the thing. I think the coaches – it, this is very similar to why Nebraska had success back when they did is because they had a coaching culture of guys that could have went elsewhere but stayed. Mm -hmm. Whereas Saban is, I'm going to build you up to move you out. And so you're seeing the success of the coaching tree. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. The ones that end up sometimes beating them is <laughs> part of the coaching tree, right? Right. So, so – it's just kind of starting to spread. It's starting to spread out, and, and that's what you're seeing. So you're right. I think Florida, you know, you want to raise the eyebrows of, of, of the talent, go get them. The standard's right there. You know mm -hmm. what you got to do. Now just figure out how to do it. Uh, Texture 0019, interesting question. We're going to take a break. We'll get to that uh, as part of the crossover next here on The Block. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 